there and listen to all the saints of God <laughs> singing that song will never, ever grow old. And I mean, that, that's just something that keeps us going and, and just keeps us wanting to press toward that mark. But we're going to a land that will never, ever grow old. Amen. Hallelujah. And I, I tell you, that's something I, I know the older folks here, they, they're just more and more longing to go to that city every day. And Ma was coming in back there a while ago, and she said, I can't sing here, but one of these days I, I'll be able to sing. And I, when she said that, I began to think about that day yeah. when we'll be gathered around the throne. Yeah. And I mean, that excites. That ought to excite us tonight. Amen. We're going to be there, the Bible says, in the book of Revelation, they'll be there. Ten thousands times ten thousands and thousands of thousands. That's a number that can't be numbered. Amen. And I mean from all walks of life, every race, every color, every kind. And we'll be there that's been saved and born again. And Ma, we're going to sing a song that's a new song. Yeah. And the angels can't even sing. No. And I mean, that's exciting, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and and so I, I, there's a song, though, I ain't even told you that. I got <laughs> Jesus will outshine them all. Oh, okay. And I tell you, that's been on my mind all day. And uh, if, if we can sing that.
just praise the Lord. He's so good. Yes, he is. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And thank every one of us for our help, even though I don't feel swift, but I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> Able to go. But you look good, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tony disagrees. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
what Paul meant when he told the church at Ephesus that he spent a lot of nights in tears in prayer. And you understand that, but I, I look around and I'm not just talking about here necessarily. I'm talking about all over. There's problems everywhere. You know, Amen. Most people, most everybody's in a problem. And you know, I can't get away from the fact we are living in a very unreal time right now. It's just unreal and surreal. And we are in an age right now, and I really believe that Satan is doing everything that he possibly can to destroy the people of God and to put an end to the work of the kingdom of God. But we know that he's not going to win. We know he's done lost that battle. Yeah. And so we know that the church is going to stand right. But I get to thinking sometimes in my mind, Lord, how much longer? How long is this battle going to last? You, you all been there, you know. You, you, say, you think, well, I know victory's coming, but how much longer, Lord? And so you get more out of those things. And, but tonight we've got to keep holding on and to that unseen hand. Jesus is coming back, and I think he's coming back a lot sooner than many church folk realize. Yep. I really believe Amen. that. And if we're not careful, and I'm the same way, if we're not careful, we can get so weighed down by the cares of this world. We lose that because that's what, that's what keeps us going. The Bible tells us this. That anticipation of the Lord's return, that ought to be what motivates us to keep on moving. Hallelujah. Knowing that he's coming back real soon. Amen. See, I, I say that to a lot of folks and people look at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, he is coming soon. Amen. And so I, I'm like, you know, I look at the condition of much of the church today. And I don't like to dwell on it. And I don't like to cast a dark cloud over it. But something's going to have to give amongst the church. Yeah. We, we've got to get hooked back up to that same power that the early church had. And that's the bottom line to it. And if we don't, we'll buckle. And we'll crumble under the weight of what Satan's throwing at you. And that's why it's so important that we get hooked up. We, I've been called Pentecost power. Amen. Because I've been you know, dealing with a lot of other things and some of the stuff here. And so, you know, I, I just this week I got in my mind, I thought, you know, I, I'm just lost sight of what's coming. We got the, the first of August, we got the night of empowerment coming. Amen. Amen. God reminded me of that. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I Amen. You, unless God shakes you personally, you don't you might not understand what I'm saying. God reminded me of that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. coming up in, in, in August. And so I'm telling you, we, we've got some things that are coming down the pipe that Satan is going to throw at us. And I'm telling you, if, if the church is not ready, I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm Amen. telling you, here, out on Sutton Road, there's a group of spirit-filled people that's hungry for God. Amen. And God's going to right. honor that. Hallelujah. Right. And so I'm excited about what's coming. I really am. And, uh, and, and you know, it's, it's well... I don't have days like preaching to the choir when I say these things. <laughs> and uh, I'll be going down the road somewhere else telling somebody else this. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying. We're, we're living in the most serious time that's ever been. Yep. We really are. And I really believe a lot of folks don't understand that. We're on the break of the rapture of the church. Yep. And I believe this, that if somebody has told somebody the revival last night, somebody said, well, you know, we're just praying for just to get for living day. We have to understand scripture has to be fulfilled. Right. And a lot of things that's going on is fulfilling scripture. We know that it's going to get worse before it gets better for the church. Right. Mm -hmm. They're going to Amen. come after us. 
And there Amen. will be persecution. Now we can either rise up and say, Lord, here I am, send me, I'll go. Gird me, Lord, suit me up, God. Give me the, I'm going to put on the whole armor of God. I'm going to press in. I'm going to pray like never before. I'm going to get in God's word. I'm going to study every word of it. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for wisdom from the Lord who will give it. I'm going, I'm going to just hang on to him. Or we can sit back and say, you know what? I'm just going to wait for the Lord to come. And all this trouble that comes out. Look, you know, we live a spirit-filled life. That's what we to live, a spirit-filled life. Every day that we live. And we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. And the moment you let your guard down is the moment Satan says, here I come. And he's going to come in like a flood of the enemy. And but I praise God tonight. His word tells me when the enemy, the adversary, comes in like a flood like that, that's when God will raise up a standard Amen. against Amen. the enemy. Amen. So tonight Amen. we're not defeated. We're not defeated. We're more than conquerors. We're not just conquerors. We're more than conquerors. We are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb of God and our testimony. Amen. Amen. So Amen. tonight we are the army of God. And God is raising us up for a time such as this. And I'm so thankful to be with a group of people like this. I'm there. I thought many times I the Lord could have put me here in this church or that church, whatever, and, and I could be with a, a group of people that just, I mean, just a struggle. But I thank God he's put, put us here with just the right kind of people, like-minded, that, that is spirit-minded, spiritually-minded, and I'm telling you, one accord, one mind. I'm going to tell you something. When, the, when, when we start seeing things roll like they're going to roll, and, and I'm talking about getting set up for the great tribulation. I'm not talking about the great tribulation. We're out of here before that. Yeah. Amen. But I'm talking about the outskirts when we start seeing things being set up for them, which they are now. I mean, we're Amen. doing nothing for the Antichrist to step on the scene now and just have the answer to all the problems. Mm -hmm. But the church has become blind. Yep. Amen. Amen. Yep. Amen. We're not Samson. Yeah. We've been lulled to sleep. Yep. Hallelujah. Amen. So, you know, I've just made up my mind tonight. I've got the mindset. That we're going to push through this thing with all we've got, with the Holy Ghost and power. And we're going to, every opposition, every adversary stands in the way. They'll either get under conviction and get on board with us, or they're going to have to get out of the way. Amen. Amen. Because there ain't one thing on this earth can stop the kingdom of God. We're built upon the rock. And the Bible said, Jesus said, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Amen. And so hell itself can't come not even the gates of hell. And so tonight, you know, we're going to stand in the power of his might. And we're going to keep on working till Jesus comes. Hallelujah. How many is with me tonight? Amen. tonight. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, tonight. Lord, we praise you and thank you for another opportunity that you've given us to come to your house tonight to worship you. And Lord, I thank you for those that are assembled here tonight. And God, we've come, Lord, that, that Lord, you would just teach us, God, your word. Now, Lord, that we wouldn't just read scripture tonight, but God, that you would make these words jump out on the page. And Lord, that they would find a place in our heart to be planted. Where
Lord, they could take root, God, in your work and grow in us tonight. And not only that we would just read these words tonight, but God, that we would take these words because they're your words. And we would take them and apply them to our heart, Lord. And Lord, that they would be applied to our daily living. And God, tonight, we ask for your anointing to be upon us. God, we can't do nothing without you. And God, we ask you to endow us with that power from on high. God, I pray tonight that you just fill this atmosphere with your presence. And God, even if it's a Wednesday night or a Tuesday night or a Thursday night, God, we need your presence with us every place we go, every step we take, every moment we live. So tonight, God, we pray that you'll just send an outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us. And God, tonight, open up our hearts, open our minds. Lord, I pray that, God, tonight, you would give us wisdom. And Lord, guide us and direct us and lead us. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to move upon all these prayer requests tonight, every need, every petition. Lord, we pray for all the troubles, Lord, that people's dealing with. God, we ask you tonight that you would give us those that need your help, Lord, added strength. God and give them comfort and Lord we ask you that you would pour out your grace upon each one that grace that would be sufficient to meet every need and Lord we love you tonight we praise you we thank you God for all that you've done for us Lord we know well enough to know tonight that if it were not for you and your grace and Lord we wouldn't even be here tonight and Lord I know that I'd be in a devil's hell burning for eternity tonight but for your grace and Lord I love you tonight Tonight. And Lord, we just thank you for your presence here in this place. And we ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give him one more big hand. Clap. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles tonight, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. Last uh, Wednesday, we came out of one of the most glorious parts of, of the Bible and Scripture when Paul talked about the, the, the salvation process when that, you know, he said in Ephesians chapter 2, we were dead and our trespasses and sins before we were saved. We need to a lot of times realize and remember what God brought us out of. We were dead. We were on our way to a place called hell, a place of torment. We were dead because of the old Adamic nature that lives in us, the old sin nature. We, we were spiritually dead. But Jesus came by and the Holy Spirit quickened us one day. That means he made us alive. Hallelujah. He raised us up out of the spiritual graveyard that we were in. And Paul talked about Man. Ephesians 4. We talked about last week. He said it just like this. He said it's the old man. He said that you took, take off the old man, put him off. He's talking about it just like a garment. He said that you take the old man, put him off, and lay him aside. And then when you take off something, you have to put on something or else you'll be found naked. And that's what Jesus said. There'll be many in that day that'll be found naked. And so when, you, when, when you're found naked, you're ashamed, right? And so you, you, he said that you be not naked and be ashamed. And so when you take off something, you have to put on something. And so we took off the old man, and now we've been we've been given a new man. We put on that new man, and in that new man, hallelujah, is a brand new creation. 
sufficient in Christ Jesus. You're not what you was when, when, when you got saved. You're not what you was before. You don't go to the same places, say the same things, act the same way because you're made a brand new person. Now when you got saved, you see God's not in the business of just repairing things. He's in the business of creating. Hallelujah. So he didn't Amen. just take your old heart and the old man and just build on that and repair that. He had to completely cut you off from that and bury that old man. Romans 6, Paul talks about the old man. He said that we have been crucified with Christ. And so when Jesus died on the cross, it's just like you was in the mind of God when Jesus died. Jesus was our substitute. He was our representative. And so it's just like the, the, when Jesus died, the old man died. Amen. And Jesus was buried. The old man's been buried. But Jesus was raised to newness of life. And so when we got saved, we were raised up to newness of life. We've been given new life. We've been given a new identity, a new position, a standing in the kingdom of God. We no longer belong to this world. We've been separated from this world. We're set apart. Hallelujah. I wish I could get a witness in here. I would be a preacher here. Hallelujah. We're not part of the world anymore. We are set Part. We are different from the world. Amen. And I don't care how many churches Amen. they are trying to push this thing that we ought to try to show the world there's not much difference between us and them and everything's hard. Yes, there is a difference between the church and the world. There's a big difference. Amen. And the thing that separates the world from the church is the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Of Almighty God, 
And the Holy Spirit is in us. And I'm so thankful for that tonight. So Paul, he gets in, he's talking about the walk. He's talking about the conduct, the behavior of the Christian. And so, you know, we're going through this tonight. I really, you know, I don't have nothing that, that to build on what the Scripture says other than what God reveals. It's all pretty plain what it says. But tonight we get into Ephesians 5. And, and we saw in Ephesians 4, we saw the walk of the Christian. He's, he, he's indwelt by the Spirit. And we see the walk of the Christian as a new man in Christ. And so tonight we're going to look at it as God's child. Our walk, our conduct, our behavior. And I tell you, the, you know, the, the reason the Bible is so, is so plain on this is because there's people every day, everywhere, whether you see them or not, they are watching you and they're watching every step we take and listening to every word we say. And, and many are waiting for us to mess up. Yep. Amen. Amen. A lot of the world waits yeah. for us to fail. Well, yeah. A lot of the church waits for somebody to fail. That's true. And yeah. so, it, it, you know, and tonight we're going to be talking about what Paul mentions about sin and fornication and all that. But I, I, before we get into it, I just feel that I wanted to say this tonight that, you know, that there's a difference between habitual practice of sin and, and, and fail, just failing the Lord. Every one of us is going to fail the Lord. If right. you haven't already, just hang on. Right. Every right. one of us, because we're still in this old flesh, and there's a constant struggle between the spirit and the flesh, because they're, they're, they're opposite to one another, contrary to the other. And so there's that constant struggle. And it's hard to, a lot of times, overcome the flesh. But Paul there, but there's a difference between just practicing sin. Now, if you practice sin, you've got a bigger problem. Yeah. If it don't bother you, yeah. well, I had a church here tonight. Hey, so hey, if it don't bother you to sin, you've got a bigger problem. And the, right. the thing is, we've got to get down to where the rubber meets the road in this day and age we're living in. Let's just face the reality. If it don't bother you to sin and you can practice sin habitually and nothing on the inside bothers you, you're dead to anything, let me tell you something. You need to be saved. Amen. 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 That's just the bottom line. Because the Bible, either, either we believe the Bible or not, when you get saved, the Spirit of God comes on the inside. Amen. And you're not going to go out here in this world after you've truly been saved and going to go out here and walk the course of this world again and dive into the depths of sin and just enjoy it on a daily basis because right. you're going to be miserable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'm going to get in the All right, Ephesians <laughs> chapter 5, verse 1. We're still talking about the conduct, the behavior of a Christian. And this is one of the things that sets us apart from the world. And so Paul said in chapter 5, verse 1, he said, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Now that word follower, that, that has a more of a meaning than not just, it's not just, you know, you're going to follow Christ, you're going to walk there, but it's talking about being an imitator of it. It's talking about just, it's talking about having the attributes of God. Amen. I, I, I'm going to take, go over to 2 Peter. Chapter 1. And I, 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 we may not even get no fun in this tonight. <laughs> Second Peter chapter 1. Now, the idea that Paul is giving here is that we, we ought to make God our example. Amen. Right? Amen. 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 Right. 
We Amen. ought to make God our example. We ought to make him our model. And, and somebody said, well, how do you know? You know, I tell somebody last night, you know how to get to know somebody real good? You live with them. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm being serious here. You know how to get to know somebody you live with. Right. You, know how to, you know how to be an imitator of Christ? You live with him. Yeah. All day, every day. You want to know the attributes of God and how Jesus is our example? You study the Word of God. You read the Word of God. You study it. And you take the time to, to understand who God is. And so tonight in 2 Peter chapter 1, this is some of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. In verse 3, the Bible says, According as His divine power has given unto who? Us. us. Well, who's us? We. The blood bought <laughs> yeah. born again that have been saved. <coughs> he said, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us for glory and virtue, whereby are given unto who? Us. us. <laughs> He has given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises mm, you might be partakers. Uh -huh. Amen. 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 Partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's when we got saved. So when you got saved, you were given the divine nature of Almighty God. Amen. And does that mean we're little gods? No, that don't mean we're little gods. That means within us there is the divine nature of Almighty God. We have the attributes of God. And so when we got saved, we were given that. And Paul is saying now we ought to be imitators of Christ. We ought to be born. And see, people say, well, I just can't do it. You're right. I can't do it. No, but there's something in me and someone in me that gives me the ability and it's his divine power to be able to live the life that God has called me to live by his divine power. I can't right. do it on my own. I can try to do all the good works I can do, say all the good things I can do, be helpful to my neighbors. But at the end of the day, there's only one source that gives me the ability to live the way the Bible tells me to live. And that is the divine nature of Almighty God that has been imputed into us when we got saved. That's what Amen. gives us the ability to walk in this life and live this life the way that God has called us to live it. Amen. I asked somebody the other day, I said, have you got, I was asking them if they've been saved and born again. I heard everything under the sun except, yes, I've been saved. <laughs> I heard I've been baptized. I've done this. I've joined the church. I said, no, have you had a born again experience? Hallelujah. <laughs> because when you get saved, things will change. Yep. Now, we can be loose foot and all this other stuff about everything, but let's just get down to reality. If you're truly saved and you got it like the Bible says you got it, there's something on the inside of you that will guide you and direct you and lead you into the always of godly living. Amen. Amen. But the problem is that we have is we're not submissive to that. That's right. Amen. Right? And then the problem with that is it comes into a faith factor. A lot of times it's easier to do things and act the way that we can see or think or hear. 
But the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. Amen. And so we understand tonight that when we got saved, there was something that was done for us. We're not only made a new man, a new creation, and things have changed, but we have been given something, and that's the attributes of Almighty God. We've been given the divine nature of God. Amen. I'm going to tell you, to me, that's pretty humbling to think of that. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Are y'all with me now? Amen. Amen. So, you know, we, and you know, that don't mean, you know, we imitate God. That only, don't only mean that we admire God or we adore God. We ought to. But, but what it means is, is that this is an action. We follow Christ. We imitate Him. He ought to be reflecting off our lives. Amen. Uh -huh. Amen. I mean, everywhere we go, when we go to the grocery store, people all see Jesus. Shouldn't have to ask. You know, and it's not saying nothing about me, but I'm just used for example because I only really know me well. I know me better <laughs> than I know you. But ever since the day that I got saved, I've never had one person come up to me and ask me, have I been saved? Really? Amen. You think about that. You know why that is? It's not because of me. It's because there's a divine nature. It's not just everyone that's been saved has got that divine nature. Hallelujah. And the whole world ought to be able to see it. Nobody should be able to question whether we're saved or lost. That's right. That's right. Because there's fruit that's hanging off the tree. And so we ought to be imitators of God. We ought to act the way that Jesus. They ought to be old saying, what would Jesus do? Well, we shouldn't even have to ask what Jesus would do. Boy, it's quiet in here. I'm going to keep going. That's all right. I don't gauge my preaching or anything on amens and all that. But, you know, we ought, to, we ought to not even have to ask. We ought to have with that divine nature within us. It, you know, I think about a lot of times, it's, it's no hard task to just try to strive to live right. Right. It's never been a job. I've never felt it a duty. I've never felt it like it's work to try to live a godly life. It's just that. And you know, I, there was something I seen a while back, and we said it Sunday. When you begin, and, and I know this is not in this day and age, a lot of people uh, don't think about the supernatural. We're afraid it'll mess up our services. <laughs> but when you begin, when you begin, and I'm not, I'm talking about 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and not just looking good on Sundays. I'm talking about every day of our life when we let the supernatural. Get a hold of us. Amen. Somebody said, what's supernatural? The divine power of Almighty God. Amen. Something Amen. that's out of the ordinary. Something that's not natural. But it's yeah. divine. It's supernatural. That it could only be but God. Hallelujah. And when you let the supernatural, hallelujah, take over your life and direct your life, then the supernatural becomes natural. Amen. 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 Amen, so, brother. You know, we gotta walk in the anointing. Step into the anointing. Walk in the steps of Christ. Be imitators of him, followers of him. Amen. 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 Right, okay. Somebody said, go on the next time. Go on. Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we, we ask when we think about God's nature, go on to first Peter. I hope you kept your thumb in Ephesians 5. Yeah. Yeah. Stick your nose in there or finger or something. <laughs> Big toe or something. Uh. Uh, did you, did you, did you say, did you say something? No. I think you say, oh, I'm here to thank the Lord. So we, 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 
So then we think about what is the nature of God. Well, in 1 Peter chapter 1, let me begin verse 13. Peter said this, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Now what he's saying here, in other words, is get with it. Yeah. And the church better get with it in this day and hour we're living in. Amen. 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 Wherefore, go up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Talking about the rapture. Right. So we better get with it. We better gird up the loins of our mind. Jesus is coming soon. Mm -hmm. He said, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. That means don't go back to the old lifestyle that you was before you got saved. Amen. And then said, and fasting, not fasting yourself according to the former lust here, but as he which has called you is holy. He said, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Now that means your lifestyle. In every area you do. God said, be ye holy as I am holy. And so in verse 16, he said, it's written, be holy for I am holy. So God is a holy God. And so, you know, people used to always talk about the holiness crowds, you know. You could always tell them with the skirts, you know, and all those things. You know what I always said? You know, I said, leave them alone. And these people know that they're set apart. Amen. Amen. These people know they're different. Amen. By the way, it's better a little short Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Little skirts, you know. Hallelujah. We, 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 you know. There's something about the holiness of God that it puts us in the right place of living. God is holy tonight. And the church needs to be holy. We need to get back to the holiness of God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. We Amen. need to make a return. I'm talking about the church of 2021 needs to make a return back to the holiness of God. And let me tell you, you can call it old-fashioned. You can call it old time if you want. But I'm going to tell you something. There ain't a thing wrong with that old power. The same power the early church had is what we need today. They recognized that there was a holiness that was serious. It was the seriousness of God's holiness. That we live in the holiness of God. Right. Amen. Right. And the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Right. Praise right. God. Amen. So we need to get back to holiness. Let me, let me go on. I, I, I didn't aim to dwell on that all, all that much. Hallelujah. That's all right. So, now, so we go back to Ephesians. Yeah, let, let's go back to Ephesians 4.13. We're talking about being imitators of God. Ephesians 4.13, Paul, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was talking about us growing and maturing in the Lord. He said, do we all come in the unity of the faith? And of the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto a perfect man means a mature man. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so we talk about the Lord. Then we go to Ephesians 4.32. And Paul said, And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God. Amen. Right. For Christ's sake, even as God. For Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Yep. So you want to know how to imitate God. Here's just a few little verses. Amen. You see, God is a holy God. He's a loving God. He's a gracious God. He's a merciful God. He's tenderhearted. He's compassionate. Hallelujah. He's a just God. Glory Amen. to God. And he's a 
God. And so we ought to have those attributes be imitators of God. I don't care if people have come against you and have just absolutely drugged you through the mud. Hallelujah. We ought to be forgiving of one another because God forgave us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He forgave me, still forgiving me of a lot of things. So I would exhibit that same forgiveness that I've received. Amen, brother. Glory to God. So we, we show that. God's hate, you know, I wrote this down uh, this evening. I had to come in quickly and just around. I shot in the work. I said, man, God's just filling them. I've got to write these, these things down. But I, I wrote this down that God's behavior towards us becomes our measure for our behavior towards each other. Amen. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. So we ought to behave towards others as God has behaved towards us. Yeah. Right. Hallelujah. But boy, it's hard to forgive sometimes. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Somebody said, somebody don't have that one, but they didn't ask me for forgiveness. <laughs> Do they have to? You know, they didn't ask Jesus either. Amen. When he was hanging on the cross, after they just crucified him and killed him. But he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right. You don't wait for somebody to ask for forgiveness. You do it anyway. Hallelujah. Why? Because that's what God, that's who God is. Amen. And we are imitators of God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Look at it. There's other things I wrote. I don't think we'll ever get to them tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, can. <laughs> I did write this too down that we are not saved by the example of Jesus. But once we're saved, we make him our example. Yeah. And we follow after him. So he, he said... <coughs> And he said, therefore, follow the... Have we not got passwords for him? Do it, praise <laughs> okay. we, got, we got till Jesus comes back. There you go. So now, we go down into uh, verse 2. He said, and walk in love, as Christ also has loved us, and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling Savior. So now... You know, Paul's going back and he's talking about the, the old sacrifices. The offering was something that was given free will. The sacrifice was something that was required. And it was a blood sacrifice. And Jesus came. He freely laid his life down. And by his blood, we our sins are not the old sacrifice. The old covenant sacrifice only covered sin. You had to go back again. Had the same thing done again. Yeah. But Jesus his blood cleanses once and for all. Amen. Amen. The final perfect sacrifice. So Paul said, walk in love. So now we, we have the contrast here, which is, uh, which is the conduct that's not fitting for a Christian. We get down through here, we're going to see uh, something that is very different than walking in love. And so Paul said, talks this now. You have to understand that in Paul's day in Ephesus, Ephesus, the whole city, much of the city, just like today, the world of today, was given over to sexual immorality. Every sexual impurity and immorality you could think of was going on in Paul's day. And so Paul addresses it. He addressed it then, we ought to address it today. Amen. 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 You don't hear much today in the church from the pulpits about the proper way that what God intended for sex in the marriage. You don't hear those things. They need to be taught today to the people. And so Paul talked about it in verse 3. He said, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, 
Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient or not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Hallelujah. So, you know, Paul, through the Holy Spirit here, he lays out a, a list of sexual sins. And he said these sexual sins, they're not fitting for a child of God. Fornication is not fitting for a child of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Nor should they even be named among <laughs> God's people. Even, even if we look around and it's completely approved by society, even if it's completely approved by the culture, we should not even name it among the Christians. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. So, you know, that's the problem that today a lot of the church is compromising with the world. And what they're teaching your children and my children today, and this is where parents are going to have to start taking a stand. Me included. What they're teaching our children today, it's all right to have sex outside of marriage. We'll give you everything you need as long as it's safe sex. But that's not the way God intended for us. God didn't purpose it in that manner. And so Paul addresses it here. And, and he's, he begins talking. And, and see, a lot of the culture and society today is telling that all, everything's all right. And, but, but at the same time, culture is like a runaway train off the rails. Yeah. So far away from God and what his word says. And so much of it has crept into the churches today, and that's where the problem lies. Amen. And so tonight, he, he mentioned fornication. Fornication, the Greek word for fornication is pornea. That's where we get our English word, pornography. Fornication. It's a. It's really, I mean, we don't have time to get into what it means, but it's, it's a very broad word. It talks about sexual sins. He said fornication, uncleanness. That's dirty, immoral behavior. And, and it's talking about especially in a sexual sense. He said filthiness. That carries the same idea as uncleanness. Jesting. That's, that carries the idea of inappropriate and, and impure sexual humor. People get together and they laugh and joke around and they think it's the funniest thing in the world. You've heard them at your workplace and at jobs. They get around and they talk about all this stuff and, and they just think it's the greatest thing. Paul said, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, it's not fitting and convenient for a child of God to even participate in these things. Right. Amen. 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 So, you know, and, and then he goes on that now. We, we, you know, I thought of this. We don't avoid these things that we can be a saint of God. We avoid these things because we are. A saint of God. Amen. Avoiding these things don't make us a saint. What makes us a saint of God is a born again experience the blood of Jesus Christ being yeah. saved. But after we're saved, we have the nature of God. We must understand. And so we have the nature of God. So we avoid these things because we are saved. Amen. 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 It shouldn't even be something that we even think of. And then if it does pop in mind, we put it in, we put it away. Amen. 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 And so, so Paul, he, and, and what's interesting, he included covetousness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Covetousness, you know, covetousness is the desire to have something that don't belong to us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Amen. Come on. Amen. Yep. So why did Paul throw that in here with these sexual sins? 
Well, it shouldn't be. It will take a brain uh, surgeon to think about it, how many people want something somebody else has done. Yep. Amen. Well, let's just get down to the bottom Amen. of it. Somebody else's wife. Yep. Somebody else's Amen. husband. Come on. Amen. Amen. Somebody Amen. surely don't go in the church. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. Yep. It does. Hallelujah. So Paul, he lists covetousness, and he lists jesting. That's foolish talking. And so what, what he's talking about, this foolish talk, this, these things have led many people into sexual sins. Yep. And it's destroyed lives, it's destroyed homes, it's destroyed families, it's destroyed churches, it's destroyed communities. Why? Because all sin destroys. Yes. Everything, wherever sin goes, wherever it flows, it leaves a path of destruction behind it. Right. Amen. Right. Sin will take you further than you ever want to go. I know this. Amen. Brother Teddy can testify to this. Others Amen. can testify to this tonight. Sin Amen. will take you further than you ever want to go. It doesn't matter sexual sins. It doesn't matter what kind of sin it might be. Let me tell you, it'll take you further than you want to go. It'll cost you more than you'll ever can pay. And it'll leave you longer than you ever want to stay there. Right. Right. There's only one remedy for sin. I don't care what sin it is. There's only one cure, one answer for it. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. You can't add to it. You can't build on that. It's the blood and the blood only. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. And so Paul said, you know, don't participate in these things because it's not fitting for the child of God to be. This is not the nature you've been given. This is not the life you've been given. It's not convenient for us to live in this kind of way. And so Paul said, instead of doing that, give thanks. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Now what he's talking about specifically is giving thanks for the gift of sex. Sex has come from God. It's a gift from God. And it was purposed by God to be in a certain way, in a certain manner. Between a husband and a wife that's been married. Yeah. Amen. 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 And so Paul said, rather give thanks to God. It, it's, God gives this gift to us, and, and it's, it, it, it was given as a husband and wife as they come together and united in marriage under God. God honors that marriage. They then become one flesh, and God honors that, and God gave that gift. And so Paul is saying through the Holy Spirit, we ought to give thanks for that. Amen. Amen. You're not going to hear this preached but behind the pulpit, right? But it's the truth tonight, and it needs to be needs to be proclaimed. Hallelujah! And so tonight, Paul said, "Brother, give thanks." And so we 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 receive this gift that God has given to mankind between husband and wife. We receive it thankfully as a gift, and we enjoy it in a way that glorifies God. Amen. 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 What what we have. Is, and the reason a lot of people don't like to talk about this subject is because we are living in a society and a culture and a world that has took this subject and has totally twisted it and turned it around. I mean, so Hollywood, I mean, if you go back to Paul's day and you study about what they were doing in that day, I mean, they had a place where prostitutes were, where they were, they read. You could go down there and get, get a prostitute. And they, I mean, everything you could think of was going on. And so, you know, we they lifted up sex and sexual sins as it was some great thing. And like it was a God. Right. Amen. I mean, you look at Hollywood today, what they've done to it. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. Amen. All right, we'll move on. Hallelujah. So, you know, God has a primary purpose for sex. It's a gift given to the husband and to the wife. Anything outside of that, Paul talked about fornication, uncleanness, all these things, covetousness, all these things is not convenient for a child of God because we've not been given that nature. That nature has been cut off. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. How many ready to move on? Somebody said, please move on. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Y'all pipe tonight. Hallelujah. Whatever you say, brother. Praise the Lord. Not what the Word says. <laughs> Hallelujah. So Paul said this. He said, the rather giving of thanks. He said, for this you know that no hormone, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. He said, Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. He said, Be not ye therefore partakers with them, with the world. Now, here's the thing. People say, well, I've messed up and I've done these things, but I know God's forgiven me and I've been cleansed. Here, here's the thing. I really believe this tonight. I believe that the reason a lot of people in our churches today are so confused, they don't know whether to say, they don't know, they, they just don't know. They're confused about it. The fact of the matter is we have a lot of people sitting in our churches today that have truly never been saved. Amen. They went through the emotions. They went through this. They went through that. They never really truly had that born again experience. And so when they come to the place and they have a good time, they do this. They know how, they know the whole church scene. They know how to raise their hands. They know how to amen and do all that. But inside they're broken. You see that? I've always tried to keep that in my mind. All we ever see is the outward man. Amen. Amen. We can't see the inward man. And, you know, I know there's people I'm in front of all the time. They've got a smile on their face. They look great. But inside, they may be broken. They right. may be broken. Right. And so, you know, but I feel like there's a lot of people that really and truly never really had that genuine born-again experience. Amen. I really believe that. Amen. And because, let me tell you, the reason I believe this and if I'm wrong, then the Bible's a lie. Come on. I'm going to tell you tonight. When you got saved, you were given the nature of God. The Holy Spirit took up residence in your heart and life. And if you can go out here and practice these sins and go on and about your life. In other words, you made it your lifestyle. And you think you've got one thing about it. You're missing something on the inside. Amen. Amen. Right. Because a true, genuine child of God's been born again and saved. He, may, he or she may fail and they may fall into this and in this trap and this snare. But I guarantee you one thing, they won't stay there. Amen. Amen. I said they won't stay there. Say Amen. Somebody can shout on that thing. Amen. They won't stay there. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Because there's something in you that tells you this ain't right. Right. This is not right. And it will convict you to the point that you'll be so miserable, you'll have to get it right with God because the fellowship with Him has been broken. And it needs to be restored. Right. And that relationship needs to be renewed. So I, I'm just saying tonight, 
You can't tell me that you can be born again, saved, and go back out here and live every day as an alcoholic and it not bother you Amen. one bit. Yeah. Right. Or live right. in sexual impurity and it not bother you one bit. Amen. Amen. Because you've got the nature of God. Yeah. Right. Amen. Amen. So the fact of the matter is, I think people today, and a lot of it falls back on watered-down preaching and watered-down services, that people act I mean, people don't even know what conviction is. Preachers, some preachers don't even know what Holy Ghost conviction is. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Now, I'm sincere when I'm talking like this. It's time for the church to get up and get a girl up. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And so, anyway, uh, what was I saying? I can't remember. But you, 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 if it don't bother you to practice these sins, there's a bigger problem. Amen. Right. Amen. The problem is you need to be saved. Yep. Born again. Because when you get born again and you get the power of God in you and the nature of God in you, I'm telling you, you'll act different. That's Amen. right. right. You'll look different. That's right. You'll talk different. Everything will change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you, be not there... Four partakers with them, with the world. I'm going to hurry up and move on. It said, first eight for you. Somebody say, ye means me. Ye means me. Ye means me. Ye means me. For you were sometimes darkness. You just wasn't in darkness. You were darkness. Yeah. You were sometimes darkness. But now. That's why I like to shout right there. <laughs> Amen. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Amen. 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 So we know tonight Jesus is the light. We ought to be reflecting that light. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. You and I ought to be reflecting that light. That light ought to be so bright tonight. That's why I've always said you walk into a room a room, even I mean a room full of atheists. You walk in that room and they ought to be threatened by the presence of God that just walked in that room. Amen. 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 But if you can walk in a room and it don't shake those that are out there in the world and something doesn't happen to them, I mean just by seeing you, and I'm not talking about seeing you, I'm talking about seeing the light that's in you. I'm talking about Amen. seeing the Holy Ghost that's in you. I you, hallelujah. If it don't shake these people, something's wrong somewhere. We've got to walk as children of light. Amen. 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 Glory to God. You were sometimes not, but now you are light, and the Lord walk as children of the light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. That's the fruit of the light. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. In other words, we ought to be trying to learn all the time what pleases the Lord. Hallelujah. Right. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. In other words, don't participate in it. You're at work and you go into the break room and everybody's sitting in there telling dirty jokes and all these things we talked about a while ago. And, and, and we ought to just flee out of that place. Run. Amen. Not have no participation with it. Well, they'll think I'm just not their friend or I'm not sociable. Who cares what they think? You do what the Bible says to do. Flee these things. That's what Paul told Timothy. Flee these things. So Paul said, I have no fellowship 
with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them, expose them. And that don't mean you expose them to the point where you bring shame on somebody's life and you're trying to pull somebody down and make them feel two foot tall. But what he's saying, you expose them so you know their unfruitful works that they're producing. Amen. Amen. That way I know not to hang around them no more. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved or exposed are made manifest by the light. Who is the light? Jesus. He is the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest. Amen. Now, I had somebody here Sunday told me, he said, well, I made some kind of reference, I'm sure he's sleeping. And I want people to know, I'm not looking at who's sleeping here and who's not. I want people to know that. I really, that's not my job. And somebody told me, he said, I know I probably thought I'd sleep and I worked hard. I'm like, people understand that. I'm not talking about a physical sleep. There you go. I'm talking about spiritual sleep. Yeah. And if we're so blind to think, you know, and there are people today preaching, everything's all right. No, it's not all right. The church is in a trouble. The church is in a mess. Amen. I'm talking about the church. Amen. And until we get back to the things of God, I mean, we just better not expect a whole outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's right. Hallelujah. And so Paul said that, that he said whatever, he said, awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead. And Christ shall give you light. Now what he means is Christ will shine on you. Yes. Hallelujah. I want him to shine on me. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to end on that right there because I just want to say in about, about five more minutes if that's all right. Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. What? Go right ahead. Hallelujah. Let her go. But here's the thing. <laughs> It is very possible, I want you to listen to this closely. It is very possible to be asleep and still work for the Lord. Let me, let me explain that. You've seen people, I'm talking about physically sleeping now. Jessica's told me I sleep in my, I talk in my sleep. Sleep talk. There's people that sleepwalk. While you're sleeping, your mind's thinking. That's what you call dreaming. So even though you may be asleep, you may be busy. But still, it's, there's no effectiveness. What Paul is saying, it's time to awake out of sleep. It's time to wake up. Because you can be asleep and still be working for the Lord. But the problem is there's a lot of people working today, but there's no, there's no effect, effectiveness behind it. That's the right word. You see, I, I could come in here. I could preach any time of the day. I could come in. I just got such a zeal for it. I love it. I come in here and preach any time. But if the Spirit of God's not upon it and I'm not awakened to Him and the power of the Holy Ghost, it ain't going to be effective. Amen. Amen. I feel like it ain't been effective tonight. And, and that, that's my fault. Hallelujah. But the Holy Spirit does the work. And Amen. so it's time for the church to wake up out of sleep. Glory to God. Some are in our church sitting on the pews are dead in the spirits. Amen. Amen. It's time to wake up. We Amen. can be busy. We can do all these great things and still be asleep. But I'm telling you, when you're awake and you're asleep, you know what, y'all? You're alert. Amen. 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 
When you're awake, going to God, you got strength, you got energy to do something. When you're awake, you know, you hear people say, I need to get a full night's uh, sleep. Because when I wake up tomorrow, I need all, all the energy that I get. Let me tell you, when you're awake in the Lord, in the Holy Ghost, I'm talking about the Holy Ghost has quickened you, made you alive. Hallelujah. Not the preacher, not the deacons, not anybody else. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit has come into you, has raised you up and made you alive. Glory to God. Let me tell you something. It'll be effective when you're walking in there. It'll be effective. That's why the church needs to wake up, Lord of God, because we need to make an impact in this world. Amen. Amen. The church needs to understand who she is, what we are to do, and how we ought to walk in this life. You know, just your actions, the way you live your life, can bring somebody to the Lord. Amen. That's right. Amen. Uh huh. Yeah. Just showing somebody, just going to somebody, tell them you love them and mean it. You know. And you can, you know, if I told this guy, I, I, I told her, I love you. It wouldn't mean very much, would it? Oh. <laughs> but when you tell somebody, I love you, you mean. When you tell somebody you love them, that's true. Sure makes a difference. And you show that, I mean, even when some, I'm talking about some lost sinner that's just sinking in the depths of sin. They just have, they're empty all over and broken and broken heart. And, and they just, you, they done had people that's done drug them through the mud and slander them. You know, sometimes it just takes somebody coming along and showing the love of Jesus Christ to them and just tell them, you know what? I love you. And Jesus loves you. Amen. That's <coughs> right. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Yeah. Hallelujah. I praise God tonight. I tell you, I'm glad. I wouldn't take nothing for this life, Tony. I live the life of Jesus Christ. I wouldn't trade it for all the pleasures of the world. Not for a, I wouldn't trade what I got in Jesus for what all the world could offer. Amen. Wouldn't do right. I've got too much to gain to lose now. I've come too far to look back. I've got treasures I'm laying up in heaven. And I've, I've got a fire that's in my belly. And if I could just get a few of them to come with me, hallelujah. And I just want to win all the souls I can get to the Lord in this Amen. final hour. That's what I'm passionate about. That's what the church needs to get its passion about. Get its zeal back for the Lord. Get a fire going for God about. Hallelujah. I know we're tired and we're wore out, but we need a fire in us. Hallelujah. That'll push us on and say, Lord, I'll go all the way with you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Boy, I, I love each and every one of you tonight. And I'm excited about it. That's why I keep saying the best is yet to come. For the people of God. Right. We're going to see some hard times come. And, and I tell you, I think people have gotten relaxed since COVID's come in and now kind of gone out and the devil weaponized it and, and here, hit home here. And here at Grace Union, we maybe need to go back and remember what God has done for us, not just in the last year and a half, but maybe in the last several years, how God has took care of us and sustained us and provided for us. May we need to go back to that place and give God a time of thanksgiving and praise for what he's done. Hallelujah. Because I tell you what, it's easy when you come through a storm and God brings victory and you get relaxed and you get off guard. Something catches you off guard and you think, boy, where did that come from? 
Sunday. Yeah, you fired up, brother. Praise God. Somebody want to praise him tonight? Share. I've got to thank God tonight for what I've done this week. Amen. And Sunday, especially.